0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode eleven of The Ordinary Photographer. And this week I wanted to talk about the Ordiniest Photographer. So when I was, I've got an Amazon Prime subscription, which is my wife's decision. Of course, I wouldn't have anything to do with it. But the great thing about Amazon Prime is two great things. The first one is that um, this isn't sponsored, by the way. Sounds like it might be sponsored. You get unlimited photo storage, which is great for cloud backup if you want a cloud backup and you don't want to pay extra for it and you've got Amazon Prime. Um, The second thing is there's a, a, a documentary on there called Finding Vivian Mayer. And I watched this a couple of weeks ago uh, and I've watched it again tonight because when I taught my classes at college, one of the things I always used to do was I'd put a bunch of photographers in a bag, their names, I'd cut them out on a piece of card, put them in a bag and give them to students to take home and do some research on and then come back the next week with a photograph they either really liked or a photograph that they didn't like and they were all I say famous photographers but they were all yeah they were they were famous photographers and one of the names in the bag was Vivian Mayer uh, and I do remember actually doing this at one time and a lot of m- male names came out there were a lot of guys on there it was only like a couple of women and, and somebody turned around to me and said why are there so many men here And it did make me think, was there a... a, a, I'm guessing there must have been a preponderance for male professional photographers back in the day. But I didn't realise at that time that Vivian Meyer wasn't a professional photographer. And it wasn't until I watched this documentary that I realised that Vivian Meyer was actually a completely ordinary photographer. She never... Made a career out of photography. She was a nanny who took a lot of photographs, and I mean a lot of photographs. Um, and this guy called John Maloof bought her negatives. Uh, he was doing a history project at school and he bought these negatives in an auction. And I kind of thought about that when I watched the video and he said he paid $380 for it. I was like, okay, I don't think I'd have spent as a, as a kid, I wouldn't have spent 380 quid on. Uh, buying some negatives for a project. So either he's well financed, or he's got more money than sense, or maybe mortgaged his car for it, or something, I don't know. But anyway, he ended up with these negatives, and he started to look through them, and realised that he had something. And what he had were the, the images of someone who wasn't a professional photographer, who wasn't trying to show their work off but who had a natural gift and vision for photography. Her, her compositional skills for somebody. So the thing that's not mentioned, and I, I must admit I didn't watch it all the way through to the end because they started to do an investigation into her life and things like that, and I wasn't really interested. I'm not really interested in her life. Um, I don't know whether that was partly because I just didn't want to know Uh I really the, the the photography that she does is amazing, um, and I have I have a book self portraits by Vivian Maier, um, which I mean, I really can't describe it without sort of just saying to people go and buy it. One of the projects I used at college was for people to do the unselfie selfie, which is taking a self portrait, but but trying to do something something a bit different with it. And I used Vivian Mayer's book as an example as to how to do that by using reflections or shadows or just something other than taking a picture of yourself in the mirror, which obviously Vivian Mayer is a master at as well. So this book, just looking through it, it, gives such insight into the way you could Considered doing self-portraits and she did a lot of them this was a, this is a curated book so there must have been loads more that she that, that weren't shown here but they were just so clever and so thoughtful and the composition was so wonderful and again it's mentioned in the documentary but she has a sense of humour as well as a sense of tragedy but her, her sense of humour, I mean I'm a big fan of Elliot Erwitt's work, his sense of humour really kind of I connect with it and I find it enjoyable and I can sit and, and read an Elliot Erwitt book or I could just sit and look at it and enjoy it. A bit like having a double-decker. And, and so with these self-portraits, I've lost my train of thought from where I was going with that. I'm sure, I'm sure you'll know, listening. But the self-portrait, the unselfie selfie, uh, and she was a master of the self-portrait, but she was never trying to sell her work it's observational stuff, but it's observational in a way that when you look at it, it engages you. It's not just sort of walking down the high streets and having a camera and taking pictures of stuff. It's she's gone to hunt out pictures, and whether they're posed or not, and I think the vast majority is probably unposed. The compositional skills are amazing. Her her exposures. I don't know how much work's gone into the post-processing of the negative, but the exposures are good and and looking at when she was taking the photographs, it's, it's highly likely that she didn't have a camera with a meter on it so how was she deciding on what her exposures were? Was she guessing? Had she worked so long with a particular type of film that she was she just knew what to dial into the camera? I don't know. But as a nanny, I'm guessing she wasn't paid a vast amount of money, but then I suppose she had a vast amount of outgoings, and all her money maybe went on photography. I don't know, and we will never know. Because she never wanted, she never wanted her stuff to be published. How on earth can I say that? I don't know. Um, I know a couple of people on the documentary said that she would she would not have wanted her work to have been published, and that that comes up some strange feelings. You know, if if somebody went through my negatives after I'd stuffed it and decided that. Um, I was just an amazing artist, and I needed to make loads of books. And somebody went off, took all my negatives, bought them off my wife for a hundred quid, and then, you know, made thousands off of book sales and stuff like that. I mean, how would I feel about that? And the pragmatic part of me says, Ian, and you'd be dead. <laughs> you'd you'd be past caring about it." I'm sure my wife would be upset if she sold them for a hundred quid and then saw somebody else making hundreds of thousands. But this guy bought this stuff in auction and he has then brought it to life, made it available for people to look at. And so why shouldn't he be paid to continue to do that? I think it's a weird thing to think about. I don't know whether it's right or wrong. And unfortunately, I'm, I'm not in the position to sort of have to make that decision or ask myself whether it's right or wrong. And he does talk about it a little bit in the video, about making that decision. And I would much rather have the book and be able to look at it than not. But it did strike me that she was the ordinariest photographer I've I've ever heard about. Absolutely famous, not a member of Magnum, not made any money out of any of her photographs herself. Um, All the money has been made posthumously. Is that okay? I, I I don't know. I I don't think there's anything wrong with it. There probably is. I don't I don't know. It kind of. I'm glad it's there, and it wouldn't be there if somebody hadn't gone and done it. And when people work at something, surely they should be paid. So maybe maybe it's okay. Still feels weird saying it. I I I, I kind of got a bit sad when. I could see that they interviewed some of the um, the people she used to nanny for, who, who quite categorically said she would not have wanted this to have happened, and so I felt kind of sad that she's she's if she didn't want this, and she's she can't do anything about it now, because she's gone. That's that's kind of a bit sad, but. I don't know. It's it's just a it's a very thought provoking documentary. I found, and when they started to, then that's kind of why I started watching. It, I think when they started to go off into her life and what she was like as a person, um, it was like this is all. She's not here to defend herself. They can say what they like, and they're being interviewed for a documentary, and so how much of it is is inflated because of that. And I, I don't know. We'll never know for sure. And, and I'm not trying to suggest at all that anybody's exaggerating anything. I just I just did find it very, very thought-provoking. But if you take all of that to one side and just straight up look at the images, I, I just think they're fantastic. And certainly the self-portraits book, I, when I started reading through it, I started smiling as I was looking at the images. And that is all you want as a photographer is to invoke some sort of emotional response in people and a smile is an emotional response just as much as anger or hatred or disgust. <laughs> I never, I will never ever forget the lady that pulled Robert Mapplethorpe out of, um, out of the bag and um, went away and looked at his work <laughs> which some of it is not safe for work if you're searching on the internet and I didn't. I didn't really know that. Um, but it provoked a really interesting discussion when we got back about what was acceptable and unacceptable and, and all sorts of different things. It was, it was fun. But we're getting off the topic, really. And I, I don't know that I've got an awful lot more to say because I, I just wanted to highlight this. If you've got Amazon Prime, please go and consider watching Finding Vivian Mayer. It won't cost you anything. It's an hour and a half documentary. And the images that are shown there are just amazing. Uh, and if ever that was a reason to give you heart, that what you are doing is good work, then, then that is it. Follow, follow your heart and follow what you want to do as a photographer. Because that's what makes you individual. We are all the ordinaryest of photographers. And when they looked into Vivian Mayer's life, it was almost like she was oh, this person who had all these things going on. And, and you know, she wasn't married she didn't have any kids and she was illegitimate and she claimed to be French and then she claimed to be something else and then she said she was a spy and all of this kind of dramatic stuff going on. But at the end of the day, if you were to sit down and write a book about any one of our lives you would probably have a really, really interesting story, especially over the course of a life. And your vision is shaped by that. It's shaped by what has happened to you and what you've seen over the course of your life. And so why isn't it important? Why aren't your photographs important? And if you can develop good compositional skills and the ability to take a reasonably well-exposed photograph, which, you know, with digital cameras, it's idiot proof these days, then then it's really it's all about the content. So I guess what I'm trying to say is don't you don't need to follow the masses as to what makes a great photograph. And I know there's a lot of you listening to this that probably know that and maybe my entire audience is made up of people who kind of know that. And I'm um, I'm preaching to the converted. Um, but I would suggest that you should maybe have confidence in your photography because when you're dead and gone and somebody looks at your, I was going to say negatives, and then I thought, no, they're digital files, and so then i changed change that to the word detritus. <laughs> if somebody, when I snuff it and somebody looks through my negatives, uh, I think it will be interesting, I think, to see what they said. Probably a bag of shite, they'd say. (laughs) chuck it on a bonfire. But there's millions of us out there. And out of those millions, I know, because I've seen them. I've seen them come through my classrooms. There are some fantastic photographers who have great vision and are able to see the world in a way that just fits that compositional way of seeing things and knowing instinctively how to frame stuff. It's nothing to do with gear. It's nothing to do with having the right lens. It's all to do with how you see the world. So I guess the the ordinariest photographer that I know is a mayor, but we are all the the, the most ordinary of photographers. Um, And the fact that we're not shooting for a paycheck or shooting to make money or, or for any other reason other than personal pleasure, that kind of makes that work, for me anyway, more valuable. Um, and maybe not in a financial sense, but in a kind of value to the soul. It sounds really ridiculous and preposterous, actually. Pompous is what it sounds like. Um, but it's not kind of meant that way. It's meant to say, it's just meant to say, have, have faith in yourself and, and value your work after I've just said people are going to chuck my negatives on the bonfire I'm not I'm just do as I say not as I do <laughs> so uh so yeah that's it um, I hope you all have a, a fantastic Christmas uh, and a great new year and I'm sure I will speak again in January although about what I have absolutely no idea so you all take care